Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show. It's on money, how it works, how to invest it, and perhaps more importantly, how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today's episode is titled, Can You Invest Based on Cycles? Economic Cycles. The topic was suggested by Rob. He's a member of our community, Money for the Rest of Us Plus. He also subscribes to a service it's called The Real Wealth Report, and it's sponsored or produced by Martin Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, of Weiss Research. I had not heard of that, but Rob brought it to my attention. Well, he says, well, a couple things. The They're predicting something called the K-wave. This is a cycle, and it will destroy the financial markets. Those are Rob's words. He says they're also really positive on gold. But he subscribed to this service because he was looking for reliable and unbiased investment information, which he thinks I provide, but at the time he thought Martin Weiss provided it also. And you'll have to be the judge of that. So I started listening to the videos and the announcer comes on very gravely and says, Martin Weiss, who semi-retired, interrupted his travels overseas abruptly. And he rushed home to bring you an alarming prediction about the future. He says, it's probably the most important forecast ever in his 46 years since he founded his company. And it's frightening. On the flip side, though, there's going to be a tremendous profit opportunity. And later on, they talk about these 500% profit opportunities. Now, one of my rules in investing, as soon as somebody is predicting three-digit returns, 100% or more, that that raises up, that's a red flag. But I, so I started, I watched the video, I started watching the video, and I admit, I did not watch them all. Later, I got a copy of the transcripts, which made it so much easier. And the reason why I didn't watch them all is there's another red flag when it comes to any type of service, but particularly investing service. If the video player doesn't allow you to fast forward, and there's no indication of how long the video is going to be, that's another red flag. That means it's going to be a long process. And at the end, they're going to sell something quite expensive. But in the video, they, they, they mentioned that so, so Weiss rushed home from overseas. And at the same time, his cycles expert, Sean Broderick, had reached equally shocking conclusions due to a convergence of these time-honored economic cycles. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about 
these time-honored economic cycles and whether you can use them to actually invest, make investment decisions. They mentioned these, these, these cycles, they've driven world events since the time of the pharaohs. It's a long time. And now they're all coming to the head. There's five of them. There's the Kondratiev wave, the K wave. They say it's signaling Armageddon because of massively indebted governments. And they'll be soaring unemployment, skyrocketing interest rates, massive defaults on public and private debt. They talked about another cycle, the juggler cycle. I want to call it the juggler, juggler, but it's juggler, J-U-G-L-A-R. This is a seven to a 11-year economic cycle. And they're seeing that leading, signaling, hoarding of cash by businesses, job destruction in a comatose economy. And then there's this 40-month kitchen cycle, K-I-T-C-H-I-N predicting slower business formation, extremely weak consumer demand, and chronic unemployment. And then there's a couple other ones, and they didn't give the specifics on these ones. The other three I could look up and I researched, but they also mentioned a 20 and 60-year economic cycle and a rising cycle of war. Sean says their cycle expert, the next major convergence should start in late October or early November of this year. And it will be the beginning of what you might call a roller coaster ride through hell. And that ride is going to last all the way until 2022. A full five years, which happens to correspond with the length of time for their service. You can get five years for the price of two and save $10,000. It's about that time that I stopped watching the video and I decided maybe I should learn more about Martin Weiss. So I Googled him and his company and the third result was an article that he had written in July 2015, Martin D. Weiss, and it was titled Larry Edelson's Shocking Forecast for 2015 to 2020. And he interviews the transcript of their interview. Larry Edelson has since passed away, but he used to be co-founder of Weiss Research. He was the co-founder. But in this, Edelson delivers what Weiss describes as his most important forecast in his 37-year career, which is just what Weiss had just done this year, his most important forecast in 40 years. Now, Weiss asks, is there a date? Because they use the same analysis, the same K-wave, the juggler cycle, the kitchen cycle, and they're coming to equally shocking conclusions. Larry says, it's October 7th, 2015, when we enter a new phase of the global economy, a phase when everything starts to hit the fan at once. It doesn't necessarily mean that a precipitous event 
will occur on that day, there may be and there may not be. But it does mark a line in the sand between two eras. Now, I find it interesting that the prediction period for the shocking forecast was still five years. So 2015 to 2020, the prediction from two years ago. Today, it's 2017 to 2022, using the same cycles, the same convergence of the K-wave, the Jugler cycle, the Kitchen cycle. And that's one of the problems with cycles. The timing, very subjective in terms of timing. And we'll focus a little bit more on cycles because they're interesting and there is some legs there. There's some validity to cycles. The economy works in cycles. A little more disconcerting though in my Google search was the fourth result. It was an SEC, Security and Exchange Commission, administrative proceedings against Weiss Research, Martin Weiss and Larry Edelson. They found him in violation of SEC rules, particularly in terms of the promotional materials, where they were telling subscribers that they could, quote, they followed their recommendations, scoop up 400% profits, or, quote, bag profits like 400%, 39%, 217%, 100 And then they go on and on with all these three-digit numbers. The SEC found the overall performance of Weiss Research Premium Service did not support those profit claims. In fact, during the relevant time period, many subscribers who followed each Weiss Research trading recommendation experienced overall returns that were substantially lower than what Weiss Research, within their profit examples. And most actually lost money. So that's Weiss research. But let's turn back to this idea of cycles. One of the first researchers that was intrigued by this in terms of the economy was a young Harvard economist, Edward R. Dewey. He was the chief economist for President Herbert Hoover. And President Hoover charged Dewey with which figuring, figuring out what caused the Great Depression? And Dewey found these cycles. In fact, he founded the Foundation for the Study of Cycles. It was incorporated in Connecticut in 1941. The, the, the website, and I'll link to it in the show notes, says it's dedicated to discovering the mystery behind cycles. And they've identified 5,000, 5,000 cycles. Now, they point out a really important concept when it comes to cycles. It says on their, on their website, the cycles may have been present in the figures you have been studying merely by chance. The ups and downs you have noticed, which come at more or less regular time intervals, may have just happened to come that way. And so the thing about cycles, it's important to, to do they have a cause, for many years, and Dewey studied this, they believed the stock market, its ups and downs in the economy, was related to activity on the sun, sunspots. Now, some things, it's very, very difficult when it comes to, even when we, we know the odds of something happening. This is from a book, Fluke. I talked about this a number of episodes ago, called The Math 
and Myth of Coincidence by Joseph Mazur. He writes, suppose you toss a coin 10 times and it comes up heads seven times. The proportion of heads to tail is then seven to three. Now, popular intuition suggests that for the next 10 tosses, tails should appear more than six times to counterbalance the more than expected number of heads that have already appeared. But the coin has no memory of what it did before, only a history recorded by the person who is watching the result. There is nothing to prevent the coin from coming up heads for the next 500 tosses. And yet we would be surprised if it did. The problem with cycles, if we're just observing the data, we could have this predictable cycle that has nothing to do, no cause, and it's completely by chance. Something that where we actually know the probabilities, 50-50, tossing a, a head or a tail with a coin, the more often you do it, Mazur points out, even though the overall results will coalesce to the 50-50 probability, the longer you do the trial, the more likely you'll get results, these long strings of just head, 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 head. Coincidences. What's the chance of that? That's usually what we say when when we have a coincidence. I had an astounding coincidence the other day. I was in California, Orange County, attending podcast movement. On the way back, well, the day before, Netflix, I don't know why I was on Netflix. I was at a conference, but it was on Netflix. And they were promoting a comedy special by Ryan Hamilton. It was titled Happy Face. I hadn't heard of Ryan Hamilton, but I, I thought, well, who is this? Well, the, the, the special wasn't out yet, so I decided to just check it out. His comedy routine on YouTube. Very talented. It turns out he's from Idaho. Ashton, Idaho, just about an hour north of here. He lives in New York. So I'm flying home, and I'm in the Orange County Airport. I'm waiting for my flight, and who walks down the hall, down the tarmac? Ryan Hamilton, the very same guy, the very same comic right there. Now, what is the chance of that? Maybe one in a million? But here's something interesting that, that Mazer points out. He writes, if you leave your house, a great many encounters and happenings are possible. The probability of each may be small, but when we group them together and ask for the probability that at least one of them will happen, the likelihood goes up. In other words, one in a million, the chance of running in to Ryan Hamilton. But another event, completely independent, If its odds are one in a million, and all these other one in a million events, it's actually additive. The likelihood of 5,000 independent events that each have a one in a million chance of happening, the odds of at least one of them happening is 5,000 out of a million. Then the odds go up. And if there's a million events, there's an almost certainty that one of them will happen. And that's what coincidences are. And so when we look at these cycles, we have to say, you know, is it a coincidence? Before we discuss how to tell if a cycle is real or a coincidence, let me share words from this week's sponsor. 
If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. The foundation for the study of cycles says that the more a cycle has dominated, the more regular it is, the more times it has repeated, the more likely it is to be the result of real cyclic force that will continue. In other words, it's not just a coincidence. They go on, if it is not dominated enough or has not been regular enough, you must have more repetitions to get equal assurance. Now, the first cycle, these long wave cycles, the Kondratiev cycle, is developed by Nicholas Kondratiev. He was a Russian economist in the 20s, and, and he noticed these long patterns. He started focusing more on pricing data, inflation, or production data. And generally, these cycles were, were about 50 years or so. And that's what he, he noticed. The first one he identified started in the late 1780s. And he, during his life, he developed or identified three waves. Now, I found a, a, pretty, a really fascinating paper because I was trying to figure out, is, is there any validity to cycles? And the paper was written by uh, two academics. It's called A Spectral Analysis of World GDP 
Dynamics. And it was written by, or the research by, Andrei Korotayev and Sergi Tsirel. I'll link to it in the show notes, or if you're a member of my free insider's guide, I've already sent you those links. You can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. I'll also send you some of the most important writing I do each week, an essay on typically the topic of that week's episode, but other valuable content. So you can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. Or as a U.S.-based listener, just just go ahead and text the word INSIDER to the number 44222. So he looked at these patterns in relation to interest rates, foreign trade, coal, pig iron production, which is a, a form of raw iron for many of the major economies. So England, France, the United States. And he noticed these long waves where... GDP, or or not just GDP, but these other measures went through periods. They went through an up cycle, and then they went through a down cycle. So these academics wanted to take this data, world GDP, gross domestic product, as a measure of output. I mean, the whole point of a, a cycle is, you know, are, are, do these long cycles exist? Now, Kondratiev started thinking it was just sort of this economic data, but since then, sort of later proponents, says it has to do with technology innovation. So major innovations, railroads, steel, cars, are what lead to these 50-year cycles as the adoption uh, of the particular technology, automobile, leads to an acceleration of economic growth. And when it gets widely adopted, you have a slowdown. And then a new wave of, of technology comes along. And so what these academics are doing is saying, well, is, is there any truth to this? So they did a spectral analysis, which is sort of just taking the data and seeing if there are these waves. Are there peaks? Are there troughs? And they found, yes, there was. That there, they identified in Contradive, there are five waves. And, and they found that GDP, like the most recent upcycle is the fifth wave. And GDP has increased about 3.5% annually. This is starting from, and here's the trick. It depends on the time period. So 1992 to 2007, GDP was at 3.5%. During the phase four down period, so roughly 1974 to 1991, GDP only grew at 3%. Now, earlier in the cycle, Phase two, for example, the up cycle, GDP grew at 2% a year. In the down cycle, 1.7. So it's not like it was a recession. It just didn't grow as fast. And, and the waves have to do with sort of, again, different technology coming on board. Here's the frustrating part, though. The time frames are extremely subjective. And so when something like Weiss is saying that, well, the, 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 the cycles are saying we're headed for an Armageddon of debt and debt default based on this 50-year contrative cycle, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It was this technology. And one of the challenges, so this study was done in 2010, the, and, and they're looking at the Great Recession had started and was in the midst of it. They couldn't tell whether 
this was a continuing downswing of the fifth wave, the beginning of a sixth wave, or actually a temporary blip. And so the fifth wave was going to continue onward. The the, the time periods were just years. So it's a 50-year cycle. There's no way to interpret what's going to happen with the stock market or other investments based on a 50-year cycle. Nor can you do it with the Jugler 9 to 10-year. Even there, there's some discrepancies. Is this a 7 to 9-year cycle or a 10 to 11-year cycle? I pulled up a graph on Ned Davis Research, and it showed the periods of recession and expansion. Sometimes it was five-year gap. Sometimes it was a 10-year gap. And, and you couldn't, and this was just looking at downturns in gross domestic product. Recessions happen. There's overproduction. We're investors, consumers. We decide we don't want to buy as much. Companies cut back production or they have too much inventory. So they cut back production. It leads to recession. But it doesn't follow an exact time frame. There's cycles, but we can't say all five cycles are going to converge next month and all hell is going to break loose in terms of a roller coaster ride. You can't do it. Can't be done. The time periods are too subjective. So what do we do instead? We monitor investment conditions. Here's how one of my investment mentors, Howard Marks, he is the chair of Oak Tree Capital. This is a distressed debt private capital firm. I invest with them as an investment advisor. I had a number of clients that had assets with them. He isn't promising 100% returns. He has the requisite humility you need as an investment advisor. He says, I would never say when referring to the market, get out and it's time. I'm not that smart and I'm never that sure. The media like to hear people say, get in or get out. But most of the time, the correct action is somewhere in between. He told Bloomberg, investing is not black or white, in or out, risky or safe. The key word is calibrate. The amount you have invested, your allocation of capital among the various possibilities and the riskiness of the things you own all should be calibrated along a continuum that runs from aggressive to defensive. He's talking about what we do at Money for the Rest of Us and on Money for the Rest of Us Plus. We monitor investment conditions. We want to know where we are in the cycle. We recognize cycles are there, but we can't time it exactly. Marx goes on. He says, we may not know where we're going, but we sure as heck ought to know where we stand. Observations regarding valuation, investor behavior can't tell you what will happen tomorrow, but they say a lot about where we stand today and thus about the odds that will govern the intermediate term. They can tell you whether to be more aggressive or more defensive. They just can't be expected to always be correct and certainly not correct right away. As an investor, I'm an incrementalist. 
I look at valuations. I look at economic trend data like PMI, and I'll share some data on that currently. I look at the level of fear and greed, and we, I put that together for my own benefit and for the benefit of members of Money for the Rest of Us Plus so they can have data to fill the information gap to get to know where we stand, to know should we be more aggressive in our investment or should we be pulling back and be more risk-averse because the odds of a major downturn are increasing. Not that we absolutely know it's going to happen in October 2017, as Weiss suggests. No, we have to just calibrate our risk, as Howard Marks talks about doing. Now, what about this PMI data? These, these are surveys done monthly around the world, around the globe. They're called Purchasers. Purchasing Managers Indices. I always get confused. Is it purchasers or purchasing? They're purchasing manager indices, which is, just means they're businesses. They're business people, and they're asking them how business is. How's inventory? How are your inventory levels? Are you cutting back? What are hiring plans? Are you getting new orders? What's your backlog of orders? And then, it, then that's calibrated. All the answers are taken together for a given country. And if... The, the answer in terms of if it's above 50, 50 or above, generally it suggests the economy is expanding. And if it's 50 or below, the economy is entering a period of contraction or the risk of a recession is high. And they've been really, really good at, at forecasting and front-running recessions. And why is that? This is a cycle. Economies are a cycle. But the businesses know that they're out there interacting with other businesses interacting with consumers. And so when the survey data suggests, when PMI, let's say below 49, 48, globally, because these are done countries, so we can look at the percentage of countries that have in expansion territory. We can look at the rate of change over the past year, but we can calibrate the data to see what the risk of a recession is. JP Morgan does something called the global manufacturing PMI. So it takes all the country data and it comes up with a number. So in August, the beginning of September, we were at 53.1, the highest level in six years. That's well above its long-term average of 51.4. Moreover, 97% of countries around, around the world had PMIs above 50. 97%. 93% showed a positive year-over-year increase. And 73% showed a monthly increase. The risk of recession is really low right now. And, and that's just, that's where we stand. So we don't, we can't invest assuming a recession starts next month. Because odds are, the probability says that's not going to happen. Because of just some of this survey data. Howard Marks on cycles says up and down cycles are usually triggered by changes in fundamentals and pushed to their extremes by swings in emotion. Everyone's exposed to the same fundamental information and emotional influences. And if you respond to them in a typical fashion, your behavior will be typical, pro-cyclical, and painfully wrong at the extremes. To do better, 
To succeed at being contrarian and anti-cyclical, you have to have an understanding of cycles, which can be gained through either experience or studying history, and be able to control your emotional reaction to external stimuli. That's wise advice. Successful investors control their emotions. They know where we stand in the current cycle. They know what economic trends are. They know what valuations are. And that, that's, that's how I invest. That's why I, I put together Money for the Rest of Us Plus, to, to provide that type of information to members that, that seek that out. Not everybody wants that. That's not for everyone. But that's, that's, what, that's how I invest. And that's how I have invested professionally. And that's why I invested with firms like Goaktree because they had humility. They didn't say like Weiss said, the announcer at the end of the video, very ominous, she says, we've been warned, Sean and his team, the experts who called nearly every major economic investment event over the past 40 years, nobody's that good, have given us their forecast for the next five. They've told us what will happen. They have told us when it will begin. They've explained what we can do to prepare, to protect, and even grow our wealth, even as other investors lose everything. I don't believe it. Nobody is that smart. We just have to know where we stand, control our emotions, calibrate our risk based on investment conditions, And that's how to invest, recognizing they're or based on cycles. Show notes, as I mentioned, are at moneyfortherestofus.com. While there, if you've not signed up for my free insider's guide, you can do that. And if you want more information on Money for the Rest of Us Plus, our membership community, you can learn more about that there also. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I'm not considered your specific risk profile. I'm definitely not providing investment advice. It's general education on money, investing in the economy. Have a great week.